So I got in there, I was shivering. He, he went in, he was having this meeting. And then while I was waiting for him to, for him to be done, for me to go in, I started hearing all the imposter nonsense, like, come on, you shouldn't have charged. Johnson, come on, you shouldn't have charged what you are charging. Where if you just get in there, tell them, tell them you are ready to do this, to do it for the same price that this guy was going to do for, so that you don't lose this business. You know, you need money, you need to pay bills. I mean, do, do stuff. So I was hearing this lot of voices. So, so the next thing I said to myself was, shut up. I am going to get this job. So I mean, I said that. I got back my confidence. So I sat down, crossed with legs crossed. So it was a few moments, a few minutes of my time. I walked in confidently into the, into the board. And then when I got in there, they were waiting for me. And then within 15 minutes, what they said to me was, this is the man. This guy can do the job better than the other guy. This is the MindShift Podcast, where we share real stories, real strategies that will help you find real success. This is the place to hear from people just like you who have taken their ideas, goals, and dreams from a point of inspiration to realization, or when life knocked them down, from a point of breakdown to breakthrough. I'm your host, Daryl Evans. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, what's going on, my friend? Thank you for stopping by the MindShift Podcast. I'm excited to have you tuning in today. I've got another great interview lined up with an amazing entrepreneur. His name is Johnson Emmanuel. He's the founder of one of the fastest growing digital marketing agencies in Africa called Havenzer. Now, he took his one-person shop to a 50-person company. During today's conversation, we're going to talk about what it took to scale from 1 to 50 employees, why outsourcing won't work for the long term, who your first hires should always be, And we're going to pivot and talk a little bit about his marketing background because Johnson's not a marketer who talks marketing. He's an actual marketer who does marketing, who's helped his clients do over $100 million in revenue yearly, globally. We're going to talk about his magic offer protocol and a huge mistake that many people are making with their offers online. One quick disclaimer. We had a wonderful conversation. We laughed. We joked. It's an amazing value. However, the internet demons were out that day and they were doing everything they could to mess up our, <laughs> our connection and our recording. We did the best we could. We cleaned, our production team cleaned it up as best we could. But I got to tell you, if you can deal with a little bit of the audio challenges that we had just due to the internet, remind you, we're halfway across the world from each other. You're still in for a wonderful treat. Don't miss the many lessons that he shares as he's built his business from, again, a one-person shop to a 50-person shop. Stick around to the end. He's got a special gift for every one of the listeners of the MindShift Podcast. Johnson, how you doing? Welcome to the MindShift Podcast. I am doing okay. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm excited. Where are you in the world today, my friend? Right now, I'm in Lagos, um, which is the uh, busiest city in Africa. We call it the New York of Africa. I love it. I love it. Man, listen, I'm loving this conversation uh, we're going to have today. Our team's in, our, our audience, I should say, is in for a very interesting treat. Uh, you are a marketing guru in the world of, not just in the, in the world of Africa, but all over. Your, your agent, tell everybody a little bit about your agency, what you do, and how you became known as the marketing magician. Let's get started there. Okay. So, so um, I started uh, Havenza. 
marketing agency. But yes, it's been with Advanza. Advanza, um, we've been working like crazy. I started the company in 2004, uh, but then it was not called Advanza. I just rebranded to Advanza now. So well, when we started, then a guy who was in Africa, who was born in Africa, typical Africa. So what happened was that um, I started a company, but before 2004, let me go back a bit to 2000, where there was the dot-com boom in Africa. So we move around, you see people were talking about the internet and the internet was a big thing, like a really big thing. So uh, before you could browse at that time, um, you have to go to like a cyber cafe or something like a browsing center, a little browsing center where you go. So I, just an African guy, you sit down behind a computer, a rented computer, you send an email to somebody somewhere in London, somewhere in America, when the person replies, that person got your message within a few minutes. You were like, what? This is unbelievable. So the next thing, I started doing Yahoo Messenger. And it, I was just, I couldn't believe that I could send a message to somebody all the way, maybe somewhere in Hawaii or somewhere anywhere in the world. And the person replies to me within minutes. I, like, I was like, gosh, this is just amazing. So I became fascinated. So I started researching more. And they started seeing people were making lots of money from the internet. Like, wait, people are making money from this thing? Gosh, why can't I make money from this? So it was a bit difficult. So I, I, I stumbled on some magazine, Success Digest, a local magazine, actually. Started reading it. And then I started seeing people like NY Time, like uh, this Asian guy who's making lots of money in affiliate marketing. I started seeing lots of guys who are doing stuff. So I started following them. I, I, I enjoyed it. 2004, I decided to do marketing officially to help people, you know, African businesses at the time to make money, you know, to get customers and people wanted to make money on the internet to make money. But people didn't believe that it's possible or it was possible to make money on the internet at the time. It was very, very tough to convince anyone that, look, yeah. you can make money from the internet. 2004, 2006, did nobody. So we're getting just a little, little client. 2008, I decided to make a huge shift, like it was huge. So I said to me, to myself that, look, I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince people who don't want to be convinced about making money on the internet. I'm going to go to get clients outside of Africa. So I started focusing on clients outside, clients in the US, other Europe, and other parts of the world, people who I felt already understood um, what it meant to use the internet. And again, that's what marketing is all about because it's about meeting your right audience. So I shifted and that shift was huge for me. Most people were telling me that it was not going to work because, and it's, I did face some challenges because when I, once I was getting clients who were paying me 3K, some were paying $5,000, some were paying $3,000. My first client paid $3,000. Now I got to that client who paid high, who paid high. But the challenge I had was and as I speak to you until now, it wasn't easy for a client to pay me through PayPal. So right now in Africa, you cannot collect, you cannot receive payments with PayPal. You can only make. So that rule has always been there. So uh, because I couldn't receive payment, that was a challenge to me. So at my clients, we usually drive kilometers to go make payments to me using Western Union money transfer. So they, so they would go far, use Western Union money to, to make payments to me. But I was losing clients. I was losing mm. clients. So in 2009, 2008, 2009, I decided it was time to leave the show of Africa and take this thing very serious. That's why I went to the US. 
so got incorporated in the US and stuff like that. Then in 2016, we took off in 2016 properly. Our business started growing. And all through this time, it just be me growing this thing all alone. So 2010, we started working, started getting people. We, we exploded like crazy in 2016. And ever since then, the company has been growing like mad. So that's what, how we, right now, for, for our agency, uh, for Havenza, for you to even want to work with us, you need to give us six month notice because we are fully booked back to back because that's how we work. We work, we don't wow. work with so many clients. We like to work with clients who we can give the best result. So if we're taking on clients, because I'm very crazy about return on investment because I believe that marketing yeah. is not an aspect. I believe that marketing is supposed and should be an investment. So I'm very, very crazy about that. Like I am big on that. If you go to Twitter, yeah. you see me fight with people. When I hear people tell, say on, on Twitter that marketing, it's neither here nor there. You can't predict. I say that's bullshit. For me, I believe that marketing should have a return on investment. So um, because of that, we have a lot of clients to work with us. So because of that, I decided that, okay, let's move a bit. Let's start the coaching arm and the consulting arm of the company. Still, we still have a lot of clients who also want to work with us. And it's been crazy since then, man. Yeah, man. Listen, I got to I gotta stop you because you, so <laughs> you, you have covered, like you went from 2000 and Yahoo Messenger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the way to, uh, you know, a 50 person shop, you know, where, <laughs> So let's do this. Let's unpack a few of these nuggets because our listening mm -hmm. audience, uh, they're in, first of all, our listening audience are entrepreneurs. They could be side hustlers. They could be, you know, founders, companies, CEOs. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I want to do is unpack a few of the lessons because what we cool. talk about here on the Mindshift podcast is the journey from inspiration to realization, right? How do we take an idea, something that is your aha, like your aha moment happened around yes. the same time mine did mm -hmm. around 2002, three and four, and I want to start there for a hot second, because when you were saying that the internet was going to be the next big thing and marketing online was going to be the next big thing, mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean, because people are looking at you like, yeah, I don't even know. You're crazy. Like, you're crazy. Exactly. Right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> but, but you could see it because it was the thing of like, wait a minute, I just communicated with someone halfway around the world in mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And. So, so and I haven't been to the US at the time. I've not, I've, I don't even have a visa. As, as a matter of fact, I didn't open, I didn't own a passport at the time. Interesting. So, 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 yeah, what somebody in Africa without all the protocol of visa and embassies discussing with somebody in this living room, let's say in a place like San Diego. That's, yeah. That was just unbelievable to me, man. Uh, yeah. So it was the same conversation for me, right? When I remember it wasn't quite the Yahoo Messenger because I was in AOL chat rooms, and which was still a fascinating concept. Mm -hmm. But for me, the big thing was, and you'll remember this, right? You remember when the Palm, I know this is going to date both of us for, for our experience yeah. in the industry. <laughs> remember when the Palm device where you could write on the screen with the little yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Re yeah. Re remember when the BlackBerry came out and that, that connected the device to the internet? Correct. Right. Right. Everybody, everybody's all gung ho about the Samsung <laughs> and the iPhone, but you got to give respect where respect is due. The BlackBerry, although they couldn't pivot and make the world, mm -hmm. they create. They were the first device for me that connected to the internet, and that I was my aha. I absolutely that was my agree. Aha moment. That yes, was my aha I, moment. I agree, one hundred percent. So the day that I restarted receiving the news from Sports Sports Center, 
Golf mm-hmm. Digest and all of the magazines that were sitting on my coffee table mm-hmm. on my device. And then the news on the magazine showed up a month later. I'm like, what is wrong with this picture? <laughs> so anyway, but listen, let's let's go to another piece of this topic that you are you are a one man show uh, for about six years. It sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, I was for, for six years I was, and but within that period, I was also getting some people like contractor were doing stuff with me, you know, with because within the first two years things were already doing well. So I felt um, for this agency to work the way I really wanted it to work, I needed to get to give people the job who would do the job, the main job. Why I focus on bringing in the clients? Yeah, because there's no way I could do both. Yeah, so I wanted to focus on what. I know that I'm good at. I yeah, am and good at going out there, bringing in the client. Big, yeah, so in a, a big distinction, let's not skip that because there's a few more of these distinctions I want to make sure we pull out. Entrepreneurs mm-hmm. listening to this, you've got to understand what I call your superstar DNA. Your DNA is your definite natural ability. So you can have an interest in a field of endeavor but it doesn't mean you have to be the expert in all the aspects of that endeavor. You have to be great at what you do. And so from what I'm hearing, you were a business developer at heart. That's your DNA. And you realized I need to bring in the experts to execute all of the dynamics around digital marketing. So I love that. I love the idea that you work with freelancers. And that's so people don't understand how you don't have to go and hire all of these people on salary right away. You need to hire the right people to perform the projects that were that were promised in the in the sales process. I work with some freelancers at some point. I had to stop working with them. I felt I wanted people who who have this company culture like. Yes. So working with freelancer, it, it didn't feel to me like. I was working with people, like people who understood me, you know, mm-hmm. so right. I needed to explain myself every time. I needed, yeah. to be, I needed to build a company that has a culture, like yeah. something definite, you know, so that's why I had to stop working with people. And I always yeah. tell people, if you're listening, you're watching out as an entrepreneur business, I say, for if you own the business, you want to dedicate 80% of the time or of your time on activities that bring money to the business. So even when you also want to hire, you, your first hiring should be people who will bring money to the business, people who will pay themselves. Like, so I'm hiring you. I'm going to pay you four grand per month. How much will your effort bring to the business? So these are the things, when I hire, these are the things I first consider first. If it's or dependent, because we have a portfolio of company right now. So I, I still follow that framework. If you're coming in, what are you going to bring? How are you going to bring money to the business? Will you pay yourself two times, three times, or four times per month? So if you're going to pay yourself four or five times per month, then you're a good hire because if you, I'm, going, I'm just giving you one, you're, you're living four with me. So this, it may sound a bit selfish, but that's how I think business mm-hmm. should go. It's not, it's not selfish. Let's be clear. At the end of the day, when you hire someone, and first of all, I love the idea with the freelancers. It's freelancers are great for a window of of opportunity for the growth of your business. They are required because mm-hmm. unless you're capitalized, like some of the biggest companies out here, you can't maintain what we call the J curve of performance, right? Because when you make an investment, it's going to take sixty or ninety days, hundred twenty days yes. for that person to get up to speed, right? So if you're not capitalized to do that and weather that storm, like big corporations can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we as smaller entrepreneurs, we have to make 
decisions based on, hey, I need the project done so a freelancer or someone on project makes sense. But to your point, they just don't fit the culture because they've got 14 other projects and exactly. you're, you're just a project to them, right? <laughs> you're just a project. <laughs> you're just a project to them. And so ultimately, I, I love what you're saying because you, 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 you transformed from a, a solopreneur with project help mm-hmm. to, and, it, and let's be clear, listening audience, that this didn't happen overnight. No, like it get, is. It get, is. get it off is. of this overnight success train. Mm-hmm. Johnson spent <laughs> six to seven years with a to get to the model where then, and by the way, if my if my memory is correct, you said 2016 things just went bananas. Yes, yes. So you're roughly but, but, 10 years in business. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so because 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 you know, I remember in 2016, somebody was telling me because I, I just left um, the US, I came to Africa. So a friend of mine, America, we were just talking, and he told me, hey, guy, you must be living like a king in Africa because you're any in dollars. I'm like, you're crazy. But I've been here since 2000. Because, yes, I started professionally in 2004, but I've been there, fascinated since 2000. So what I want, guys, the listening audience to know is this. See, there's nothing like overnight success. Trust me, there's nothing like that. Every overnight success, there are lots of work that you didn't see. I've been grinding this thing since 2004. I'm grinding. And then I grinded this thing to 2010. 2016 was when the business took off like mad. So right. if you, you can't judge me based on 2016. No, you have to go back to 2004. So that's why you know that this guy he has been there. So when, when clients come to work with us, I tell them that, you are hiring both as success and a failure because you don't want to fail. So based on my failures, so you're coming, we're going to make you successful in the, the quicker way because we have failed, we've seen how to fail. So That's we know right. why you shouldn't fail. That's so right. these are the things that you need to understand. That there's nothing like overnight success. You're not going to start a company, like a big company today. Like we have grown. Well, we have a portfolio of companies right now. Our company is doing so well. We have other companies as well. We are hiring stuff like crazy. But that's because I had a vision and we started fighting long, long ago. So, you guys, you need to know that's that. That's right. That's right. I love the point. And, you know, you said it. Uh, I'm going to say it a different way. You said the same thing. And I say it takes years and years and years to become an overnight success. I agree. Right. I agree. Absolutely. And, and, and so, and, and I like, that's, that's so correct. You put it so, so simple. I like it. <laughs> the, the, the reason I say this is like, there's a lot of people listening to the show and, and they're still working the corporate job and they're starting the side hustle and they maybe mm-hmm. want to get out of the corporate job. Sometimes they don't want to get out of the corporate job. That's fine too. But if you're really going all in, if you're really going all in, and it's interesting, you made the point that your friends on the outside looking in, will automatically judge that because you are a business owner and you started a company and things are growing, that all of a sudden you're living like a king, right? Mm. The reality is you take more risk than everyone else. You oftentimes put yourself last in terms of taking uh, what I call gratification from the business. Believe it or not, that's the truth. That's the truth. truth. Like I I come last. And I come last. Come last. I, we... I, I make sure <laughs> I make sure everyone is fine, and then right. I come last. When everybody has taken stuff off the table, 
before I come to take from the table. So that's just the truth. That's how it works. It's the way it works. <laughs> Leaders eat last. That's the reality. Yeah. <laughs> so I love I love this the way it, the way it's going. And I love what you said also, just to go back to when you bring mm-hmm. clients on, the reason you're able to have success faster, even though it's not overnight, is because you've already gone through the hard work of failure. Yes. And we, we talk about the other side of this paradigm of mind shift is. Um, the idea from when things break down and how do we get to a breakthrough, right? Mm-hmm. So we we've heard a lot about you the 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 you know proceeding from this ten year journey into where things really start to take off. But let me ask you a, a little bit about how you handle challenges in your world. So what was your biggest challenge going from a, 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 a gathering of freelancers doing projects to getting your staff built, going back to say the 2008 to 10 window, what was one of the biggest challenges to go from project work to ha- hiring staff? Talk to us about that. I think the biggest challenge I had was having the guys, the freelancers to do the job based on my specification. So we were always arguing so they come they want to do job in a specific way i said no i'm a marketer i am seeing what you are not seeing now i like stuff that brings return on my client's investment like i want them to get money back from everything so but they want to do it the easier way the easier way is just finish me up as a project jump on the next project and i'm saying no so while often returns and you see arguments sometimes lines because we are arguing weeks we are spending weeks to argue then you you, you are monitoring the project you even bring on somebody to help you monitor them they still a bit like it was crazy like it was crazy 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 that's why when people talk to me about freelance they're like Freelancing is no business to me. I don't want to hear anything about it. But it's not a bad thing per se. If you are, like you said, if you are at the beginning stage of your business where you're not taking off properly, you can get some freelancers. And these days, there are more good freelancers now than before than in the 2000s. So, so, I mean, you... Go ahead. Mm So, 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 so there are more guys who can help you get better stuff. Then, so I, I, I had a lot of things, and freelancing is not a thing that I think I should. I wanted to add to my business. And again, you are talking to somebody. You, 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 we have one of the major issue we had was language barrier because they, 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 most of them didn't understand English, so you needed to speak. If you try to get on the call with them. You have lots of challenge with these guys, so uh, you have to you have to repeat yourself multiple times, and that was exhausting. So I, I I was born into a place where this guy English is not his first language. You have to explain to him, and you have to like you have to spend lots of time explaining to him, and those were just like they were wasting my time, wasting productive hours, which I would use to be closing client. So I think that I said, no, I was not going to work with that again. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate your vision because you, you, you do what you have to do during certain windows of time in your business. And at some point, and at some point, what was acceptable is no longer acceptable. It was good for that window, but now your vision has Mm -hmm. elevated. So Johnson, let's transition a little bit into, so we're at the stage where you've transitioned to building a team. You're now growing a a very rapid team, hiring uh, a lot of people to your team. 
Let's talk about the the work that you actually do. Let's talk about the 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 ways that you go about getting results for your clients. I know before we started the show, you talked about core components to your thinking, and that is what I'd love to share with our audience right now. Why don't you jump in with some of those key ideas? So for me, for me, uh, uh, I believe that I want to um, execute or implement what has worked for me for my clients. Like so, when our client comes to us, we're thinking. Like this person has a problem, a problem that we may have experienced in our line of business. So how do we fix it when we had it? So most time when a new um, a startup or somebody who already has a business, maybe like a professional service provider, coach, whatever, or a consultant come to us, um, they come to us with marketing problems. They don't know anything about what to do. So I'm thinking, I sit there, we're thinking, how do we fix this person problem? So one of the things I tell businesses, I don't care whatever business you run, you need cash flow. You need to be cash flow positive at all times. If you don't have that, you will not be in business. So if I needed to win, my pricing must be very, very, very good. And like it must be dialed in. So when clients come to us, we look at their pricing and their monetization strategy in place. We want to see their monetization, their pricing. And guess what? Most times they have problem with their monetization, their pricing model is not well optimized. We help them optimize that. So that's why we pay so much attention on that pricing because it's very, very important. It is why if you look at the stock for the, for the, for the company with optimized pricing, their stock are usually higher. So I pay so much attention on pricing. Now, we look at the offers that the clients have. Is it embedded with what we call magic offer protocol? We have a system we use to develop offers for our client. We call it the magic offer protocol. So we look at that stuff. We look at the offer, what is going out to the market. Because I believe that your offer, when the offer goes, you know, before I say that, most people think the first thing to do is copy. Like want to make sure the sales copies are good, they are fluent, and all those things. Now, I, I'm not saying copies are not great, yeah, yeah, yeah. but believe me, believe everybody me, wants to hack the funnel. Have a, <laughs> yes, everybody wants to hack the funnel. Hack like funnel. I mean, that is it. Yeah, say you just want funnel will and all those kind of things. <laughs> but it's not the matter. Is <laughs> it's not the way it works. It's not the matter. Is, I, I, yeah. I kind of, I'm looking, I kind of looking for trouble right now. <laughs> but, but it is the truth. It's, it's, if, it's, <laughs> but, but listen, you got to keep it 100, right? The reality of it is it isn't mm -hmm. that simple to just go copy someone else's funnel because you're in the same business or industry or think you're talking to the same customer. It doesn't just work. It's, that not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't just work that way. See, I've been on this stuff of, more than 18 years of my life I've spent it. Like I've spent this thing in marketing. I love marketing. In, in the days, I'm going to show you guys, in the days when I was still a one-man stuff, a one-man company, one-man guy, I was my own salesperson, I was my own customer care service, I was my own everything. In those days, I had the opportunity of working with a company that was going to pay me $7,000 per month. I said no to them. So because I've been, I'm, I'm obsessed with marketing. Like I'm obsessed. Like, if you know me, if you see me talk about it, you know I'm, this guy must be crazily obsessed with market. I'm obsessed with it. Now, the why I said that is because I've been in this stuff for 18 years. I know what works. If you think you're going to copy somebody's funnel and automatically begin to make money, believe me, 
it may not work that way. Now, it may work for a while, mm-hmm. and after a while, it stops working. That's the truth. Because yeah. marketing, there's nothing like plug and play system when it comes to marketing. Everybody is unique. Every market is unique. So, so you, you get some guys who just come from, uh, there's some companies that just came from, from Asia. They wanted to start business in Africa. They just came, they brought in their marketing expert. Boom. They started and they were losing money. They were losing money. So they got to, they called me to come. Why were they losing money? And it took them time to call me. So when they called me, I said, look, I told them, you should know that psychologies are different. The psychology mm-hmm. of an American is different psychology of an African. And you know, marketing is 80% emotion. So mm. emotion, psychology is also emotion. You should know this thing. It's a basic marketing. Marketing 101. So the truth of the matter. But if you just come to work. So what we do for them is to look at their system, use what we call the magic offer protocol to create offers that even, even when they, their customer, their market see the offer, they'll be like, wow, I'll be stupid not to buy this offer. Because everything is created, cost you like it's created with them in mind, their market in mind. So when we do that, before we even start talking about copy and buying ad and all those things. It's a great point. Everyone listening right now, marketing 101, like you just said, is it's psychology first. And this idea of creating the right offer. I love what you said about getting the right pricing model because what we talked about here in the United States is if your price your price can't just be what everyone else charges because you see everyone else charging that it has to, your business model could be different your dynamics could be different you know there are different businesses where the cost of labor in new york for example and la is completely different than it is in logandale you know utah or something like that so mm-hmm. your dynamics of mm-hmm. price has to be adjusted but the the point that you talked about a cash flow is critical. Let me ask you about this. What is the biggest myth that you run into that business owners tend to have outside of this copying of funnel? But talk about another big roadblock that you have to switch their thinking on as it relates to getting the ROI. Like I love your attitude. And by the way, listening to you, uh, you know, given the fact that we started in the industry around the same time. I can tell you that not many marketers care as much as you would think about ROI. So when I listen to Johnson say, I'm obsessed with marketing, but I'm obsessed with making marketing return an investment, I know I'm talking to the right guy because most marketers typically come from the creative world of copy and producing something that looks good, right? For a, from mm-hmm. an impression standpoint. So talk a yes. little bit more about the, the <clears throat> talk about going from uh, this idea of pricing to the, the product offer protocol, then into the execution. Like, what do you find as one of the most effective things or what is one of those myths that you still have to overcome before you get started? For me personally, uh, and, and I still say this with, with, with our clients when they come to us. So, uh, ah, my fees are too expensive. No one is going to pay. Listen. The show the but it was a huge roadblock. So I remember there was a time I went to close a client. We got there. I, I had a great offer for them. So I got to the place. I met a competitor who was also there. We all came there. We both of us came there to defend our proposal. So we had sent proposal earlier to them. So we got there to defend our proposal. So when I got there, I noticed that this guy was 
about 50% cheaper than me. He was going to charge them 50% cheaper than me. So mm -hmm. I was scared. I was scared. Like, I was scared. So I had a voice that said to me that, look, your greed is going to deal with you today. Say you're greedy. Your greed is going to deal with you. These guys are not going to take you. They're going to take the other guy. Now, you see, immediately I was hearing that voice. I said, shut up. They will take me. I'm the best for this job. So let's let's so, let's stop right there because I want to make sure everyone heard what you just said. I want to hear I want everyone to hear what you just said because I listened very closely. What you said was the imposter mm -hmm. inside of you was telling you that mm -hmm. they were not going to take you. And you told that imposter, Sh yep. shut up. Tell yep. us, tell yep. us what oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 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 this guy went in there. And when he when he got in, he I, I was literally shivering. So he was having a meeting with the executive. I was shivering outside. I was a one-man riot squad at the time. And I was charging. This guy is more established in the industry than me in our local market. But I he, I mean, I, he came with his team, just me, lone man. So I got in there. I was shivering. He, he went in. He was having this meeting. And then while I was waiting for him to, for him to be done, for me to go in, I started hearing all the imposter nonsense, like, come on, you shouldn't have charged. Don't say, come on, you shouldn't have charged what you are charging. Where if you just get in there, tell them, tell them you are ready to do this, to do it for the same price that this guy was going to do for, so that you don't lose this business. You know, you need money, you need to pay bills. I mean, do, do stuff. So I was hearing this lot of voices. So, so the next thing I said to myself was, shut up. I am going to get this job. So, I mean, I said that. Uh, I got back my confidence. So I sat down, crossed with legs crossed. So it was a few moments, a few minutes of my time. I walked in confidently into the, into the board. And then when I got in there, they were waiting for me. And then within 15 minutes, what they said to me was, this is the man. This guy can do the job better than the other guy. I, so some people say, but he's free, it's more expensive. They say, yes, that's why we should go with him. We trust him because his fee is small. That guy, I'm not sure he can do it at that fee. I was blown away. And when I see, I was blown away. Amazing. I was blown away. Like, at the ease, at the ease, they said yes to me, even though I was charging 50% more than the other guys. And yes. those guys were even way more established in the market than me. The point I'm making here, guys, is this. You've got to, I like that this podcast is mind shift. You know, you need to understand that it's about the mind. If your mind, if your mind, I tell people, if your mind can hold it, if your mind can conceive it, your hands will hold it. So the, the biggest problem I've seen market, one of the biggest, <laughs> one of the biggest people I've seen in marketing is people is mindset. Like the mind is the biggest problem I've seen in marketing. People, when, when, when clients come to us, we're telling them, that no, this pricing is not going to help you stay profitable in the long time. If you want to play a long-term game, this pricing is not going to help you. Got to adjust this this price. The first thing we hear is price resistant. No, we are not selling to those clients. They will not. They will say no. Come on, Johnson, are you crazy in your head? I'm telling you that we are not making consistent sales at the cheaper price. You're telling me that we should charge more. That we're going to make more. Are you crazy? So I'm I be like, intuitive. yes, I'm crazy. <laughs> so I said, I'm crazy. That's why you hired me. So you're going to sit down. I'm going to keep quiet and let me do my job. Okay. 
So yeah. maybe like uh, sometimes it's difficult. I say, look, if you don't do that, I'm going to sack you. I'm going to fire you right away. <laughs> so when I get serious, they know that I'm going to do the job. <laughs> and most times, this client, when they come to most times we go working within 90 days, six within 90 days, they begin to see that what I told them is going to pay off. They'll be like, oh gosh, thank God I listened to you. You're going to work this way. So the point, the biggest thing is the mind. The mind. Right. People believe, people need to believe that your mind, see, one you begin to have doubt in your head. You need to attack that doubt immediately. Now, when, once that seed comes, at the same spot, you react. You don't wait for it to germinate. You don't wait for it to grow. No, that same spot, you deal with it right on the spot. Look, I'm a big religious guy. Like, I'm a Christian. I'm very passionate and unapologetic about Jesus. I talk about Jesus everywhere. And I follow the principle of Jesus. When Satan was speaking to Jesus and how Jesus was rebuking Satan immediately, Jesus did not wait for Satan. He rebuked him right on the spot. Like, as Satan was talking, he was talking back at him. And Jesus finally made sure that he spoke the last word. He didn't wait for Satan to speak the last word. He made sure he had the last say. And that's what you should also do. When that um, imposter syndrome is speaking into your head, you're going to keep talking and you're going to make sure you have the last say. You must have the last say. That's how to win. I love it. I love it, man. I could go a thousand different ways off of what you just said, but I I love what you brought in. First of all, I love being in a situation where I've been in plenty of situations, as our audience will be if they haven't already, where you think you're in over your head in competition. Mm -hmm. It's okay to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that maybe somebody's been doing it longer. Maybe someone's got more results than you, but you've got Mm -hmm. to speak to that. It's funny. I go back to something that happened to me in 1999 or 2000 about what you just said about how Jesus Mm -hmm. spoke to Satan and said, no, you're right. Rebuke it now. Don't wait till later. But so often, so often some of us religious folk, we like to Mm -hmm. wait for someone to pray for us. Mm, that's for bullshit, our, man. <laughs> for, 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 for our breakthrough. And what yeah. I remember, I, I got a lesson a long time ago, and it was basically the power, right? Death and life are in the power of your of, tongue. Of the tongue. Yeah, of your correct. tongue. <laughs> of the tongue. Speak. Yeah. Speak. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> so let's be clear. It's okay to get intervention, it's okay to get intercession. But mm-hmm. speak, speak, speak. <laughs> if I hadn't spoken, listen, if Jesus had not spoken, Satan would have won. Now, That's right. when I went there to close that deal, if I hadn't spoken, that guy would have won. So because I spoke, I got confidence. Because I needed that confidence to fix them. Imagine you standing before five people who are like five executives, you're standing before them and you are shivering or stuttering. Like, and you forget your line. So imagine what will happen. So for me, when I spoke, that confidence came out. And because the confidence came out, I stood before them and they saw the confidence. Listen, people will buy in your confidence. They buy into your confidence. They buy that confidence. They buy your enthusiasm. They pay for your confidence. When they see that confidence, they will pay you for it. That is my belief, and that's what has been working for me. That's what works for my clients as well. So it's been making making that client make millions and millions of dollars because they just believe in themselves. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, man, as we re- as we get ready to wrap up the show, let me tell you something. I I love your energy. I love your fire. And I say this all the time that people believe in the belief that you have, which is a mm-hmm. different way of what you just said. People sure. believe in the belief that you have far be lo- far before long before their belief kicks in themselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That, that's that true. works. <laughs> that work. That's for you as a CEO leading other people. Yes. That's for you mm-hmm. working with your clients, believing that you have the solution to the problem that they've been wanting to solve. Yes. Do you Correct. think that the you think that the doctor who's performing life or death surgery doesn't have complete unequivocal belief when his patient is afraid of death? If he doesn't have that, the patient is out, right? It's it's a wrap. That, I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth. It's, it's the, truth. the truth. So so I love I love how you how you you know I love the way you brought this to to you know it's yes we are talking about marketing but at the end of the day you're saying I come in with this counterintuitive approach we attack the 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 we want to make sure their cash flow is right we want to make sure their pro, their pricing is right and you have to help mm-hmm. them overcome the fact that you can't just copy somebody else's pricing because you could hire Havinger and we could do everything right and mm-hmm. your pricing model takes you right out of business because it's true. Correct. If you add fuel to the fire from a marketing standpoint and they don't have good cash flow, it's a it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You see, see I, I tell clients most of the time when their clients come to us, I tell them that the first thing we're gonna do before we work for you, that's why we're expensive, we're not cheap, working with us isn't cheap. Because the first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna look at your pricing. Is it optimized enough? If your pricing is good, then we can buy at we can spend money buying out because we know you're going to make more money. So you are pumping money out, you are pumping more in. So if your pricing is not correct, it's not proper, you're not going to make that money and you're going to lose money. I don't want my client to lose money. Like, I hate it. You see, you said something. Most marketers don't talk, they don't, they don't talk about return on investment. They don't care about it. All they care about is when you ask them, Will it work? Do you think this is going to work? They tell you, um, well, this is marketing. It's unpredictable. And I said, that's bullshit. Why is it bullshit? <laughs> it's bullshit because, it's bullshit because, just imagine yourself, Derek. Now, for instance, you want to buy a, a laptop, right? So you go to a laptop shop, you buy a laptop, and then you ask the person, are you going to deliver this laptop to me if I pay you now? The person say, oh, I'm not sure. I may, I may not. <laughs> Will you give the person your money? <laughs> because that is what you, that is what we are trying to say. That's what that guy, that marketer out there is trying to say that is not sure because marketing is supposed to be an investment. You need yeah. to know that. I say this every time. Marketing is not and should not be an expert. So off. on Twitter two weeks ago, on Twitter two weeks ago, I was talking on Twitter. Somebody said, hey, you know, somebody who runs an agency was saying, hey, guy, I was telling everybody on Twitter that you don't need to um, guarantee marketing results. And I told them that marketing works when it is done right. Marketing is supposed to be predictable. Mm. Marketing is supposed to, because I, when marketing is predictable, I'll be able to pump in more money in it. If it, because I know it's predictable, I know this is the likely outcome I'm going to get. Why should you tell your clients marketing? So those marketing guys, because marketing is not regulated in any way, kind of. So people just come and say, hey, today somebody who doesn't have an employment, who's been seeking unemployment, wakes up and say, I'm a marketer. You know, because of that, the industry is just crazy. People just come and tell you, I'm not sure, just pay me. I'm not sure. Okay. 
but the, the, the worst folks I I hate to uh, talk about are the guys who run who do SEO. We do SEO in our agency too, but some some guys who do SEO would tell you, oh, will can you run this keyboard? I'm not sure. Just pay me in maybe the next six months. Maybe I'll be able to manage to rank it. Like wait a second, why should I keep paying for six months when you're not sure you're going to rank a keyword for me? Why would you do it? It's like telling me to keep buying gas when I'm not sure you're going to deliver the gas to my car. That's bullshit. So <laughs> I love your analogy. Let's be clear, everybody, listen to this show. Johnson and I, we connected online. We, 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 we have not spent that much time together, but we share so many of the same concepts. I love using analogies to break the complicated, seemingly complicated into the simple ridiculous, right? I love mm-hmm. the laptop example, man. Hey, I'm going to buy the laptop today. Can I pick it up today? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Johnson, you are so, you're, you're, first of all, I love, first of all, it, you, you're, you're also, for me, being a longtime student of this business in entrepreneurship, marketing, sales, mm-hmm. I recognize the amount of, and we don't get a lot of credit for this in the marketing space, for just understanding human psychology, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I don't have a degree in psychology. You may not have a degree in psychology, but if you're going to be, no, a I great don't. Mar- I don't. If you're going to be a great marketer, if you're going to be, a you great have to study. You have to you study. You have to study. You have to study. I, I, I mean, I start. I've spent. I spent four years buying, so investing thousands of dollars on books, material, training on human behavioral psychology because I wanted to understand. I just believe that you cannot be a great marketer if you don't understand how people think. That's right. Like it, so, so I, I fed English language in school, but today when I write copies, and like I just write copy, and I write copy like I'm having fun, and people come to me and say, "Look, your copies are cr- converting like crazy. You guys did a copy for us, and within six days, the copy has done over two hundred thousand dollars for us. That's crazy. What's the secret?" I told them, "I don't write for my head. I write for my heart." That's mm-hmm. how I write. I write from my heart. I write like I'm talking to you. Like I visualize you because marketing is about psychology. So that's what I do. And that is what works. So the psychology is huge. If you, you can't be a great marketer if you don't understand human behavioral psychology. You just can't. Johnson's been in this game for a long time. I've been in this game for a long time, but let me show respect where respect is due. A guy who started when no one else could see it, This is called early adoption, right? Neither one of us innovated the internet, but we adopted it early. Johnson manned the ship as a solo entrepreneur for for four to six years, brought in uh, project managers and and freelancers, realized that he had to jump the chasm to turn into a full-blown business owner, spent another five years building his team, perfecting his systems, developing his protocols. He gets to 2016, things are going great, but listen to the the underlying message. Marketing should be an investment. It should produce an ROI. So if you're listening right now to Johnson and you're in a space where you're working, you're spending money on whatever, Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, email marketing, whatever it is, funnels, and you're not seeing it produce an ROI. It just isn't necessarily the marketing. It could be your pricing. It could be your cash flow management. It could be your marketing. It could be the structure of your offer. Any of those things, Johnson's company, can help you with. And so Johnson, you mentioned to me that uh, you had a special invitation uh, yeah. for our listening audience today. Can you share that with us right now? Yeah, sure, I will do that. But first, uh, guys, so this, uh, this is my latest book, Deep Pocket Client. So uh, this book is amazing. 
Now, not because I'm the author, not because I'm the author, because of the reviews from the guys who have bought it. Like thousands of copies have been sold, so people just like the book because it changes. Most people, the reason I wrote this book is because most people cannot afford to work with me directly, either as an agency client or even at the consulting level because we're expensive, right? So that's why I decided to write this book so that um, for those who cannot, they can have this book. And I'm not trying to sell you this book. I'm trying to tell you that if you care enough about your business, you should have a copy of it. Anyway, that's by the way. Now, uh, if you listen to this show right now, specifically for the MindShift audience, I, my company will help you, will give you what we call profitable, predictable profit protocol. It's a system for, uh, you know, doing tweaking your business, showing you two that will help you to really make more money. We are all big about revenue. Like, I am interested about how much, like, you came to meet me, you were making $1 million. Leaving me in the next six months, how much are you making? That's all I care about. Judge me, judge us by the amount of money we generate for you, period. We don't care. We don't give bullshit about, um, we don't care about stuff like impression, all those bullshit. We don't care about all those fo- um, vanity metrics. Twitter followers, <laughs> with all, those, all those vanity. In fact, I call them ego metrics because they make That's you right. feel good. But they make you feel good, but they don't add anything to your bottom line. In fact, they make you go broader. So I'm looking at something that help you grow. So get it. It's um, just go to um, johnsonemanuel.com slash mindshift. Uh, then you're going to have the, 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 the link on the podcast. So just click on it. We have a limited time slot. And when I say limited, I mean limited. You see, that's the problem I have with marketers. The market, most marketers lie a lot. They lie. They tell you something is going away when they know it's not actually going away. They tell you something is limited when in actual says it is unlimited. All this are bullshit. I don't like all those things. See, people who do those things are not going to last in this. Thing. When I say, when I say something is going away, it's going away, right? So it's going to be that link there. Just go. And we can only work with a um, limited number of people. Click on that link. Um, um, go through the instruction there. You'll be able to have opportunity of having meeting with our, our growth strategies who help you implement the predictable profit protocol into your business. And in some rare cases, in some rare cases, uh, you may just have me. I may just randomly pick one person who I will stand with. So that person could be you. So if it's you, nice. that means you'll be having a conversation with me. And that's like a $5,000 um, section for one hour with right. me. So just go click on this and let's have it. Johnson Emmanuel, thank you so much for the gift. So everybody, we're going to link up the uh, link to the book, Deeper uh, Deep Pocket Clients. Uh, we're also mm-hmm. going to link up his invitation for the uh the, the protocol, which is going to be at johnsonemmanuel.com forward slash mindshift. Johnson, before I let you run, uh, as I always ask my audience, if for whatever work, for whatever reason, you were not able to continue this work on this planet tomorrow, what would you want everyone to know you for? So as the guy who came, who had companies, who shifted all the BS and the marketing, marketing. the marketing, it's all about marketing, it's return on investment. That's what I believe in. And that's what I live for. Thank you so much for being on the show. Love having you. We'll have you back again in the future. I will look, I will be there. I'll come on. Just let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Hey, what's up, my friend? Thank you for honoring me with your time on today's episode of the MindShift Podcast. Listen, let's continue the conversation. Connect with me on social at Mr. Daryl Evans on almost every platform, with the exception of my Facebook page, which is at Daryl Evans Fan. Until next time, remember, you're just one shift away from that breakthrough you're looking for. Talk to you soon.